Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today, well, there's a lot to cover. There's actually some great, great news that launched. Today is February 3rd, which means the Ford F-150 Raptor was announced. We also are going to be talking about the Blackwing. We also are going to be talking about Genesis. There's a few trademarks that are kind of interesting. Um, we have a Subaru recall blaming one single person. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. Um, and then we're going to talk about the review we just had here, the BMW M8 Competition Grand Coupe. Long name, long car, long discussion. So we'll, we'll get to that. And at the end, let's talk about affordable sports cars. And what do we see in the future? In any case, let's get right into it. Ford F-150 Raptor. Let me, let's show this so that everyone can see kind of that information. There here. we go. It is kind of what we expected. Eh? Show the side profile, I think, because <sighs> it is very similar to the current car. And I think if you stand about 20 feet back, they're quite indistinguishable. It's got very similar elements. Uh, the fenders look identical to me. The headlights obviously are a little bit different. Um, yeah, what's new about this Raptor? I, I don't know, man. To be honest, <laughs> like I, I went through all the press materials. I dug into it. But it, to me, it's not that exciting. It's not as exciting as the TRX Unveil. And the biggest reason for it, if you go into like their media site, they talk nothing about power, nothing. And because they yes. know they lost that with the this brand new gen of the Raptor, there is going to be a Raptor R that's going to be coming in the future. And that's going to have more than 700 horsepower with the same engine from the GT500. But this, to me, it's just like a small upgrade. I mean, yes, there's like a brand new chassis. There's new suspension design. There's a lot of things that's new, but it doesn't. Well, wow. I think it's okay because to be honest, the TRX, you know, everyone's like, is this Raptor going to compete with our TRX? And the answer is no, because the price point is quite different. So the, the TRX starts in canada just about a hundred thousand it's not very well equipped and realistically they're going for about 120 plus dealer markup just like we saw with the hellcats uh you're not getting them for msrp uh raptor on the other hand it's been around for a while and they're very popular cars and you know for around 70 to ninety thousand. Uh, you know, that's not that much more than most people are spending on their pickup trucks. That's what's always made the Raptor very cool. It's somewhat obtainable, I want to say. Uh, I think the TRX is quite the compromise in terms of both the price point and also fuel economy. I mean, that thing is rated at a combined, what, 10 miles per gallon. So you're lucky to be in the double digits for, for MPG. Uh, whereas, you know, EcoBoost's always been okay. Um, you know, with the normal F-150s, they've been really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Raptor is not, not too bad either, although I think the Raptor takes premium. Uh, one new thing about the Raptor, we are seeing Ford offering 37-inch tires. Is Ford offering that, or are they saying they can take up to 37? They're can't. offering it as a 37-inch package. So there's a yes. package that's 37. So you get a brand new frame with that to handle those 37s. 
with the 37s, you get better ground clearance, better approach, departure, and um, well, basically, in most off-road scenarios, you're going to get better angles with the 37s, but it reduces one inch of wheel travel because of the 37s, obviously. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's cool. It absolutely is cool. Um, and with the 37s, there's 17-inch beadlocks that are on it. They, they look amazing. They really do. I think overall, it's a good truck, but it just doesn't wow me because I was wowed right. with the TRX. It doesn't push the boundaries of what we expect from an off-road, high-speed uh, truck. Um, but it is a development from the old F-150, and I right. think we're seeing the same with the with the, the normal F-150 that's going to continue to be the market leader. Uh, in terms of uh, truck sales. And that was just a step up. You know, the previous gen from 2015, 2016 was such a huge upgrade going with the aluminum body. Uh, and this is just kind of a refinement on top of that. This generation Ram, on the other hand, was such a big upgrade in terms of uh, just the interior materials, everything about it was a huge step up. But this is price. I would say closer to the Rebel, even. You yeah. know, loaded Rebel is around 70, 80 as well. And and this is much, much it's more much cool. cooler than a than a rebel. It's yeah. way more capable. So to be fair, um, you know, we can't expect this to be impressing us as much as something that costs about uh 40% more. Yeah. Uh we'll wait for the the real Raptor R. Raptor R. <laughs> Raptor R. <laughs> um for that. Um well, what's kind of cool is um they did update the payload as well as towing capacity with this 2021 Raptor. So it's up 200 pounds on both, which means 1400 pounds for payload, 8200 pounds for towing, which coincidentally beats the trx on both counts so like they they looked at that and they're like hey we can beat them here and that's exactly what they've done and because the ecoboost it's well a much more economical engine it's way more realistic i mean it it really is the thing is the raptor a lot of people are living with this day-to-day i see people driving construction the trx is more of that that toy it's it's not like a real it's not a real truck replacement. The Raptor, you can kind of use that for your, you know, you're not really beating up an $80,000 normal F-150 Platinum or whatever anyways. So as a replacement, I think the Raptor is pretty cool for that. Right. I was looking at the um, the Ford Media site. They were saying they have no figures on horsepower and torque. None whatsoever. It doesn't even list it. So we're estimating that it's going to be the same power as it is now. Um, they did say that it's going to deliver better low-end torque, but they didn't really say too much about that. But what they were bragging is 500-mile range, about 800 kilometers on the 36-gallon tank. So that equates out to about 13.8 miles per gallon, which isn't bad Like during their testing. I mean, 13.8 is decent for a truck this size and with that much power. That's what my F-150 gets, which also has a, I don't know how many gallons it is, 136 liter tank. I get around 750 to 800. That's with the V8. So Because you got the Coyote in yours, right? And I have a Coyote V8. And the normal uh, EcoBoost uh, F-150s get 
a lot more range than that. They get they average around 12, 13 in the real world. I'm getting probably 15, 16 liters per hundred kilometers. Uh, and it's totally reasonable for a, a truck of this size and power to use that kind of fuel. So uh, it's a huge gas tank. And one of the things I noted was with this truck or with this size gas tank, um, you can't fill it up in one go in the States. I took I took the truck down to uh, Washington and Oregon and they only let you fill up 20 gallons at a time. And oh. so, and like you can't fill up any full-size pickup truck from empty with 20 gallons. So you have to make two transactions. I thought that was kind of annoying. But uh, 800 kilometer range, 500 miles, uh, totally realistic. I think it's, uh, especially with that 10 speed, it definitely takes advantage of the power band very well. I, uh, I think for the owners, for those Raptors, it's likely they're able to achieve that versus like the TRX owners. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, I got, a, range. <laughs> I got a, I got a TRX actually booked uh, as a press car in May, I believe. Um, I'm just anticipating like 30 liters or hundred kilometers. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to be expecting. <laughs> that's if you drive it like a normal person. <laughs> if you're the kind of person that goes out and buys a dollars $150,000 truck, you may not be driving it like a normal person. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something that's also really cool um, about this brand new Raptor is their exhaust system. They call it a trombone system. <laughs> so there's a mid-pipe trombone loop added so that it's an equal length exhaust. I mean, I get it, an equal length exhaust so that the pulses on both sides match. There's a built-in X-pipe. It should sound better. I, I'm sure you've heard Raptor exhaust right now. It, it sounds horrible. Like yeah. any V8 it's... sounds much, much better than any of those EcoBoosts. It just doesn't sound great. I'm hoping this may be a little bit better. And there's four different sound modes. There's a quiet, normal, sport, and Baja, which I would assume is quite illegal to be driving that <laughs> on your kind of day-to-day -day commute. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely one of the knocks with the Raptor throughout the last generation was, you know, it's not, it's not as cool as the old one with the 6.2 uh, because just doesn't sound as good. Uh, and it's that's faster. kind of that's always been the justification for the coyote too um was that people were oh well this one's got the way better sounding engine i mean it doesn't really matter for me but uh, i think the yeah, you bought cool the coyote i bought the coyote uh it's a better <laughs> tow vehicle you know this raptor can you know with 1400 pounds payload that is 35 pounds of rice or 35 bags of rice sorry uh my F-150, my friend shoved it last week with 80. That is double the rated payload. But slightly <laughs> over. It's fine. But it handled it just fine uh, with the Bilstein shocks and with the KO2s on there. It had a small just... crack in the frame. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I do know some people towing with the Raptors and it's never... Um, it, it, it was never meant to be a tow vehicle. Um, my uncle towed, he lives up in Kelowna, he towed up there, uh, towed a truck, and transmission didn't like that. So, yeah, there, I think 
for me to be excited about it, I think I need to see the Raptor R. I think that that's what's going to get people excited about the Raptor. This is this is not bad by any means. People are going to buy it. It's going to be one of those attainable, more attainable than the TRX. It's going to be something that's more reasonable. And it's going to be something that someone can buy as their only vehicle. Right. Whereas the TRX, I feel like, yeah, the TRX is going to be, the guy probably has like a Challenger as well or a Charger in his fleet because, I mean, you're not going to be driving that every day. You live and breathe Mopar too. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But to be honest, I, I don't know about you, but this interior, this 2021 interior, I'm not feeling it. Like it's not, a lot better than the previous yes you get a bigger screen but it just looks like a tombstone in the center of your dash to me it's not it's just, it doesn't bring me joy <laughs> yeah rx the 12 inch display yes there's still some physical buttons on it but it just looks better and i don't know i i guess i gotta feel what an f-150 i haven't sat in a current gen just yet i sat in the previous i think it was a king ranch that i got into um, and I just wasn't that impressed comparing to the Rams interiors. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing that anyone's talked about with this generation F-150 is, oh, the shift lever goes down. It's really. Mm. Well, <laughs> it goes down and then you can have a, a table in the center. How cool right. is that? That's, that's the more PG version of what I've heard, but. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We won't go there. <laughs> All the things you can do on a on a surface within your Ford. <laughs> well, I that's really all I have for the F one fifty. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, not really. Let's move on to other big three news. We've got Cadillac in the news this week. Um, new reveal of the CT four V and the CT five V Blackwing edition. Um, so CT four. V V series um, has been out for a little bit, and uh, they've kind of changed up the the naming again for a catalog, which which they seem to love to do. So before we had cars like the CTSV, the ATSV, those were their holy grail, you know, real track bred performance cars. Now the V name, the CT4 V, is more like an M performance or kind of like a middle tier amg or an s4 kind of trim um so the v was just a sport model but now the blackwing this is our dedicated track car uh cadillac is saying this is their most you know most track ready car yet and you know credit where credit's due they do look quite competent uh ct4 slots in kind of between that what a3 a4 size and the ct5 is kind of between you know, the A4 and the A6, yeah. uh, I find it's, it's not quite there like with a 5 Series or yeah. E-Class in terms of size. But price point-wise, 84000 as you can see there, uh, US. Uh, that's in line with the new M3 competition, I think. Uh, but power-wise, that's huge. With the CT5V, we're getting a 6.2 supercharged V8. That's what, 668 horsepower. So... Familiar, Cadillac yeah, ever. familiar from GM for the Alpha platform to be doing that. Uh, and then the CT4V 
it's kind of filling in where the ATSV left off. I really liked the previous gen ATSV. Uh, I thought it looked looked the part, uh, had some real performance behind it, um, and yeah, four seventy two. So that's that's more in line with the M three M four power. The CT five V is gone a step up, but the big news is the six speed manual that's come standard on both cars. Yeah. Um, I read something in the press release that I thought was interesting was uh, only the manual transmission CT4V gets a titanium con- connecting rods. Um, I guess they're more heavy duty or maybe it's a weight thing. I don't know. Hmm. Um but knowing GM performance car history, the automatic is going to be the afterthought. Um, weirdly enough, with four-door luxury sedans, that automatic, I bet, is going to be disappointing, uh, especially if you're going to be comparing it to the MDCTs, the PDKs, and whatever out there uh, from the Europeans. I think the manual is kind of the way to go. But the uh, 10 speed is the new, or maybe not so new, the 10L90, which is a twin disc clutch with rev match, no lift up, no lift up shift. Um, mm-hmm. And as well as it has launch control and even line lock. So like there's some cool things about it. Right. So, line like, lock. <laughs> line lock is cool. I mean, you can do smoky burnouts. I mean, that's that's all you really want to do in your yeah you can shred some tires (laughs) Uh, i was looking at you know i'm a bit of a tire nerd and i'm looking at the tire sizes the ct4v i think it's quite a small car i didn't realize how small it was but uh the rear tire is like a 275 35 18 which Mm. i think is quite quite uh interesting it's it's smaller actually i'm running that size on my m2 right now but it's it's a 25 just under a 26 inch tire so uh this is this is a little car it should be a lot of fun on the track um the only close-up picture i could find of the brakes of the ct4v was of the rear which is just the four piston um 59,000 us so um yeah, what yeah. else do we have on this? I okay, so I want to get to the looks because to me that's where I have the biggest problem with the CT4V and the CT5V. Um I just don't th- like they look good, but they're not as aggressive as I remember like the CTSVs of the past. They used to look better. Like the CT4V, I wish I can find a better picture, but this wing in the back on the CT4V it looks like it's the quite spoilers that you find in the NASCARs. Like it, it's absolutely humongous how much it goes up. I mean, yeah, it I'm sure it's work. functional. No, yeah. I'm sure it's somewhat functional um, in order for them to you know put it into production. But they don't. They look kind of just bland, right? Like it doesn't have. It's not like a an M Sport car, or sorry, not an M Sport, but like full M car. AMG yeah, it doesn't have the grill too. <laughs> grill, canards, like it doesn't stand out as something that's super aggressive. And some might like that, right? I mean, the I people that's like buying Audis, I'm sure they'll like this because Audis and even the like RS6 mm. is quite understated, and this it actually is quite understated. One thing I really like about the CT4V, if you zoom into the bumper. I don't know if we have another shot somewhere as closer nope. up, but the uh, you know how the headlight has those kind of eye teardrop 
yep. kind of design going down. The CT4V has a cooling inlet for the brakes that just go a little bit wider and just gives it like a really cool oh, okay. uh, touch. I, I really like that about it. It reminds me a little bit of the GT500, how it was just, this is where the headlights end and then on a standard car. And then this car has a big boxy vent there. Um, up close, that front bumper is quite nice. Uh, I do like the, uh, you know, next side by side with the, uh with a standard trim car then you're like okay there's a picture um where is this seeing if i can grab here i'm gonna grab it from autoblog this one right here this yes little... that's the one uh that's the one where we can really see the difference from the regular ct4 which i think that might be a v v line as well yeah but you can see the you can see elements of that Camaro 1LE pack in that. I think this is with the optional aero package with that canard, yeah. uh, which if that means you have to get that ridiculous rear wing, I may or may not go with that. But uh, <laughs> I think this is a, this is a, you know, this is a compelling car. I think BMW, AMG, they're not going to be, looking forward to these cars competing on track together. Let's just put it that way. Uh, GM knows what they're doing with this uh, FR platform. Um, and with the manual transmission, they're going to have the brakes and the reliability to to run track days. That That's the idea be behind this Blackwing lineup, apparently, is to track abuse them and uh, it's the last hurrah really for a cadillac to have a high performance um, big power like, manual because <laughs> yeah, i mean this is not going to last there's not going to be yeah. a next gen of this it's going to go electric they were going to go to some sort of electric supercar yeah and it's cadillac. not just cadillac right this and the m3 are probably the last of the four-door manual big power cars um, yeah, the current, well, the upcoming M3 is, is going to be available with the manual, mm -hmm. uh, anything else? I, I can't think of anything in that realm. No, Mercedes, um, no, no AMG, uh, vehicles are going to have manual anymore. So exactly. Audi's not there. Uh, infinity doesn't really, from what, <laughs> if they, if, they if, we're, if we're counting them in this discussion, Genesis <laughs> does but only on the lower model one, right? Yeah. They don't compete at this level either. No, they, they don't. They really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it definitely is cool. Um, like, I always look for CTS-V wagons, the last gens, because I'm in love with those. Um, if I could ever find one, that's, like, my ultimate, I want to say dream car, but one of those attainable cars that I really like. Yes. it's just cool it's really cool the shape is cool uh i i i i do find myself wanting this ct4v uh yeah but you're weird you gotta remember that i am and i don't think i can't see anyone buying this car <laughs> at the same time as much as i want this car i can't see anyone buying this car and that's how it was with the atsv as well i think yeah. the price the price point and then it's like you get what i got which is an m2 because 
they're priced the same. It's not as fast. It it won't hold up as well on track, but that's such a cool car. Yeah. You know, the shape, the size and the proportions, I think it's a better it's a better performance car. Uh and having driven quite a few now with the GM uh Alpha platform cars, I think uh They've 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 they know how to dial in the suspension. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and the Magna Ride it's really good. It really is. Yeah, they're easy to drive too. Like you you think you think a Camaro with seven hundred almost seven hundred horsepower is very intimidating. They they somehow make it work. Uh, it's it's no Hellcat like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the coolest part about the ATS was because it just came in a coupe. And when it comes in a coupe, it just looks cooler. It does. Like, the sedan just... is cool too. Look at the the power bulge on that hood. I yes, the sedan is always cool. It it always is, but it just there's something about coupe stylings that just yeah, looks, um, like it's so sleek. It is, and if you put a little, I've seen them with a little GT wing on the back. They look so good. <laughs> uh, uh, did you see that in Gran Turismo or? No, no, just like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. CT5V, on the other hand, it's a, it is supposed to be a more grown-up looking car, so I get it. And yeah. uh, it, it, you know what? Credit where credit's due. This is more aggressive than, say, an STSV back in the day. Or, yeah, the STSV was an afterthought, though. But even the original CTSV, the first one, the first the one was pretty was around, It's pretty mild. I mean, the CTSV of this generation looked pretty similar to that too. This, this is, this is just they just it gave was up here. The second gen when they went a lot more aggressive, right. that black one in the bottom right there. But the silver one is just, you know, the first gen of CTSV. That was one of the first Nurburgring cars when that car came out. It was a little, we test this on Nurburgring. I mean, that one's modified a little bit, but uh, the silver one there on the bottom yeah. left, that's. It's it's not um they're not over the top cars. No. And it's, I think the only thing that was changed was like the grill and bumper. I think that was it. Yeah, and I'm looking at this CT5V from behind and it's got a nice little diffuser on it. It it's it's got the right right recipe I feel like for this class of vehicle. Yeah. I think it looks good. It just doesn't it's almost like the Raptor. It just doesn't wow me. It's not like, oh, that's, that's, I'm not, it's not yes. going to turn heads of everyone. It's going to turn heads of nerds. Nerds that know the car and hear it, they'll probably turn. But for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, it's just your grandma's Cadillac. I think as a platform, it works. Like, because if I take this, I'm going to lower it a little bit, maybe, or, yeah, you know, mess around with it a little bit. Um, just put some more aggressive wheels on it, maybe some uh, carbon bits here and there, and it will, it will, it will come together quite nicely. Yeah. I see, I see strip the potential. Out, strip out the interior, cage it. <laughs> Speaking uh, of the interior, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things on the CT4V that I thought was interesting was they're like, oh, to save weight, because you know how BMW was like M5. CS, the one we talked about last week, and you know, carbon everything. They shaved like 200 pounds on this car. They're like, we went with a neodymium magnet speaker system that's lighter than 
you know, a traditional speaker. And it's true. Neodymium magnets, you know, working in this industry, I do see it. It is a lot lighter, but realistically, you're probably saving 10, 15 pounds out of the whole system. <laughs> it's, it's not the end of the world. It's, not it's something feel. that they can they can write about and, you know, just brag about a little bit. But I don't think it's the the end all. Yeah, the CT5V is available with carbon ceramics. Uh, those do save a lot of weight. The rotors, I think you're saving like 20 pounds or like, or yeah, around 20 pounds a corner. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it's uh, carbon ceramics are terrible to live with day to day, though. Uh, so it doesn't really make sense to afford as someone that has access to a car that has carbon ceramic brakes. Yeah, it's just an on-off <laughs> switch, and they get noisy easy. And uh, I don't recommend it for most people. But it is—I've installed them before, and it's just—I held it side by side with a C7 uh, normal Z06 rotor and a carbon ceramic rotor. And the carbon ceramic one you can lift with two fingers. It's—it's it's amazing how light those rotors are. And obviously for this car weighs, I think, a little bit over 4,000 pounds in the CT5V and a little bit over 3,600 pounds. They haven't released the official figures yeah. yet, but we know it's in kind Roughly of that range. There, yeah. um, which, for this size of vehicle, is okay. It's not. It's not particular. I don't think it's too porky. No. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of mid tier. You know, I didn't never really gave much thought we were talking about it earlier uh before the show which was we don't really see these cars the not at all or cd5 not in the lower mainland and but i looked at the sales figures they actually do okay um it's just it's always been you know if you if you're looking for this small to mid-sized luxury sedan you go to the germans uh what is it that's going to draw people over to this cadillac brand uh they've been around they have the history they have they have quite the dealer network because basically all the gm dealerships at least in north america they have quite the dealer network um looking at the figures they sell kind of around the same as like an is or tlx q50 they're in that range but we just yeah. don't see them here no we definitely don't i think like price point wise they're doing pretty well like oh yeah for the performance 83k for a ct5e blackwing and 60 for ct it's it's a very very competitive price range yeah they always will be and i mean even the normal ct4v without the blackwing designation that's a mid forty thousand dollar car and you're not getting much from the other brands for not getting the same level of performance yeah, for sure. from from a german auto maker yeah definitely not yeah you're getting a base a2 or a220 sedan yeah <laughs> you, know, you can't really even get into a cla 250 for that money and that's yeah. a lot more car with a ct4v yeah. than a base model cla which my mom has one on order that is not being delivered because there is a pending recall on it and oh. they, can't, <laughs> they can't deliver a car that has a recall until they fix it uh, <laughs> so and they can't maybe, fix it yet maybe, so, maybe you should take your own advice and just buy her a ct4v exactly right but yeah. the the one thing with cadillac uh at least in canada is that we've never had good lease rates from them mm. and that's kind of the uh hold up here if i could lease that ct4v blackwing for for not a lot of money or maybe 
let's not say not a lot of money, but uh, you know, Audi money. Yeah, it's, just something it's, that's more reasonable. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. I I looked in. I was looking to electric cars, and I was thinking, I was like, huh, how much can I get a Bolt for? Nope. <laughs> the, the rate. Yeah, I looked into that. That's why I ended up with a Rav Four Hybrid. I I I looked into the Bolt. I looked into Leaf. Both were ridiculous, and uh, yeah, I guess they weren't really thinking that you know long term. They don't think these will hold up. No, with the value, I guess, but. Uh, on the other hand, I have a friend, speaking of around the CT5V range, mm-hmm. I have a friend that's picking up an RS5. He's waiting. Uh, he ordered maybe two, three, two months ago, and they've, they've got incentives on those. The RS5 Sportback, he's, I think his lease is going to be about 1200 bucks a month, which for that tier of vehicle is, is a, pretty reasonable. It's, it's a lot more car than you get from BMW at that price, or at least at the moment, but uh, they are running incentives. Um, yeah. R- I think RS five is kind of boring. The RS five, the new I, one, I want the seven. If I'm going to go Audi, if it's not the, the six seven, or the seven, yeah. yeah. Like, the RS6, it's it's great being that it's yeah. wagon is super super usable, but if I want like the look, I want the seven. I mean, unless yeah. the RS5, did he come in sportbacks for RS5? Yeah, he's getting a sportback. Oh, okay. Then that then yeah. that's okay. That's he's getting okay. a sportback, and for twelve hundred bucks a month or so, uh, it was like twelve or thirteen hundred bucks, and you you can't touch anything in that price because that's a hundred thousand dollar car. Right. You can't lease hundred thousand dollar cars for twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, oh. no. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, luxury I... brands that aren't <laughs> really catching on in the lower mainland, <laughs> perfect segue to Genesis. Um, <laughs> I okay. So I I I've been in some Genesis before. G seventy, eighty, ninety. Um, I have the GV80 as well as the new G80 uh, on book sometime next month, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I I really like where Genesis is heading. Um, and they trademark some new vehicles. They put an E distinction in front of them. So they have the EG70, EGV70, the EG80, the EGV80, the EG90, and the <laughs> EGV90. Are they going to be full electric? Probably not. I don't think it's going to go full electric just yet. I think it's going to be a plug-in hybrid because it makes more sense for them to go plug-in hybrid than it is to go full electric because I just don't think they have the tech for it just yet. Yeah. And um, I mean, even Mercedes, they're they're doing a 350E kind of thing. They're yeah, the EQC and yeah. yeah. I but I I really don't think it's going. I don't know. Of course, it's speculations, right? But it'll be cool. Um, the GV70. I'm actually like I think that's going to be our next vehicle. Um, I want oh a smaller SUV, but something more premium brand. Well, not super small, maybe a midsize. So that's what the GV70 is. And being an eGV70, that is very intriguing to me. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have your own place to charge to going yeah. forward. I have, um, yeah, moving into a condo so I can just, or not a, town, a, a townhouse, townhouse, so I can plug it right in. I don't have to worry about it. It's It would make sense, but 
of course, I really like their front end design on that car. It's beautiful. It's but- beautiful. And there's there's corporate design language that you're like, okay, now I recognize this as a Genesis. The interior, on the other hand, I'm not sold on. I don't know what they're doing. I think the GV70, so the this one that we're looking at here is the regular or the luxury version. Yeah. The sport one with the sportier grill. It's very Jaguar. That, <laughs> it is super Jag. Um, but if you look on the back, that's when... Like that, it's a little much. The C pillar design, it's just two, it's a car stacked onto another. It's a Pontiac Aztec, a bit <laughs> in that. No, you know what? That That's the uh, that's the Jensen. Is oh, the Jensen, Jensen Interceptor, yes. Y- yeah, is that where we've seen that? Can you pull up a picture of that? <laughs> Jensen, Jensen, the rear interceptor. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it has like <laughs> it just a long, a, a weird kind of mismatched rear window design. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of what I see. I don't know how this. you got that from, from looking at this. <laughs> well, you know what? Should we talk about what I my my after show comments on that SSC we saw last week? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> so, For the YouTube watchers. For the YouTube watchers, we were looking at SSC, um, the Tatara, yeah, the new world record. We were looking at this. Um, well, Justin was looking at this. He was like, "That reminds me of something." And Where then, like I a day later, before <laughs> a day later, he messages me and says. Oh, let me let me pull that picture up. I think I, can, I know where I've seen this now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. let me. Uh, what's a good way for me to pull this picture down? One sec here. One sec. Oh, worst screenshot. No spoilers. <laughs> this. this <laughs> he he saw it in some Scania or Volvo. I think it's truck. a Volvo. Volvo semi truck. Has the same at... little Nike swoosh, the going <laughs> vertically, and that's what I saw. Some people might see a Lamborghini Gallardo, but I'm thinking outside the box here. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a Volvo truck, that's what <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is a uh, speed record, land speed record supercar. Uh, oh, looks like a, a, looks a bit a like Volvo a truck. semi-truck. <laughs> yeah. But no, looking at the side profile of this uh, GV78, yeah, the rear is a little bit strange for my liking. Um, do they have this at the auto show? No, it's brand new. It hasn't been released yet in North okay. America. So we'll get it apparently next year. Um, but how do you like that interior though? It's a little weird, this, but really I, I know the materials is going to be good. But this is the regular one. This is the sport one. So this is the one with okay. the three spoke steering wheel. Steering wheel. Is a lot more normal. Yeah. yeah I'm, I got to see how I like this two spoke design, but. The sport one is kind of where it's at with the th- traditional three spoke. I like how that kind of center stack of the climate control, it's wrapped around the steering wheel. So it's cohesive from left all the way to right. So it looks kind of more normal in that sense. But if you're just looking on the right for the YouTube viewers, you can see it, it's a little weird. It's a little bit alien. Yeah. Um, but 
like if we just dissect this a little bit more. So let me see if I can open new tab. It has a retro look to it, like something from the fifties or sixties. It 60s. does. You but check out this chrome line the big fins. It has that kind of feel to it. Oh, that chrome line is blocked. Uh, let's see here. Let's open this one. Oh, that's a YouTube video. Well, and talking about last week's episode, we were talking about that Hyundai Tucson. Was it the new Tucson? Yeah. It, it had a bit of that flowing theme going, and then they just kind of gave up. This is the opposite of this that. Is this is amazing. This chrome a... line goes from door up the over cluster, the cluster, across the air vents, all the way to the other side. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And that screen, like it's massive. Do we want something that has a bit more of a SUV truck flair, though? Oh, not Is not in this. I don't think no. I don't think a GV seventy should have truck flair. No one's buying a luxury SUV for a truck flair. I mean, you don't. You want to. You know, most people want to sit up taller and you do sit feel up like they're driving something more commanding i think yeah. this is this is like an nd miata shape <laughs> <laughs> you see it now <laughs> like <laughs> can't be unseen oh god yeah like the the proportions of how high that that center uh armrest area is yeah relative to uh where your climate controls are and relative to the screen i think it it gives the car maybe a more low slung uh, sporty feel. I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, look how happy he is sitting in this. I mean, has you arms... really want to spend your own money on this kind of car, though. I mean, how well, much is this going to be priced at? It's going to be competitive to like the uh, I think X3? Q5, X3, X3 Q5. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be less than them because they they always are. Um, but Genesis have good lease rates, and in Canada, um, they take care of all your maintenance for the first five years. And it's in-house. They pick up your car. <laughs> yeah, you call them, they go to your house, they pick up your car, drop off another, and they service it. They bring it back. What's not to love? Yeah, as long as their lease rates are competitive, I can see that. I, I looked into the, what's the little sports sedan with the rear-wheel drive? G70? They were, they were okay. They weren't uh, They weren't super competitive there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> Well, I think that's one of those. Oh, clicked the wrong thing. I think that's one of the things we'll see. But I think Genesis is one of those up and coming brands that people should really keep an eye out. Yeah, you do need to keep it on your radar. I mean, if you're shopping in this segment, uh, you know, Genesis, Volvo is kind of making a little bit of a comeback, kind of, not really, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no real good segue on this, but there is one guy at the Subaru plant that's getting a little bit of flack. <laughs> a <laughs> little a bit. Little. <laughs> so this is an official NHTSA um, safety recall here that I have open. It's for the 2021 Subaru Outback. And the issue is the CVT select lever cable or lever cable. The nut may have been under torqued during vehicle assembly. And the quote here is, a single associate assigned to the specific production line between production dates specified 12-14-2020 to 12-21 was found to use an improper torque wrench technique. So one guy, he just he was just not all there or whatever. He just didn't use a torque wrench oh, the way it week. should be. 
And they're like, oh, crap. And <laughs> He's now been... they have to recall 314 vehicles because there's one yeah. guy. Can Hopefully you imagine? It's not too bad of a fix. Could you imagine what he's going through right now? Like, is he fired? Like, does he still have? Oh, a I think job? he's already been fired. They probably <laughs> caught it, and they probably caught it in December, and then now they're coming forward with reports of people having this issue. And oh. They're like, oh, this guy can't even use a torque wrench properly. He's <laughs> he's has it on the loosened setting. He it's just like. Imagine like it was his first week, and you know, it's just that that was his only job. He only had to work a lever, this one just... lever cable nut. That's all he had to do. <laughs> He's he doing it backwards, do <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. That's his end of his career. Yeah. On his resume, at least they didn't that... name him. Goes <laughs> 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 on LinkedIn. Hey, why were you at Subaru for one week? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know that guy that couldn't tighten a, a nut? Yeah, that was me. The Outbacks are made in America, right? Yes. I think so, yeah. So yes. some guy in Alabama, I guess, uh, goes <laughs> over to Chrysler and they're like, you're hired. <laughs> no. no, Tesla's going to hire him. <laughs> Tesla's not going to care. It's like, oh, our, <laughs> looks good to me. Well, that's a that's a news for Subaru, a little bit of safety, and then we move on to something a little bit more exciting here. This is um, I don't know if you have that. That's quite the cinematography. Oh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch this yet, but this uh, this intro. I was doubting if I should put this intro live or not, because there's a small burnout. Which we'll see in a second. It sounds great, though. They they expect that. It sounds amazing. That four point four liter V eight. What's the as tested price of this vehicle? A little much. We'll get to that. Watch this launch. Oh, they're on the winters. Yeah, so the because it is winter time right now, the car was oh, delivered on winters and those on nights are so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the standard wheels on a BMW M8 comp is 20s. These were 19s because I guess they can't find 20 inch winter tires that will fit. Um, so they downsized in 19s. They don't look great on the car, but yeah, price has tested 161,500 bucks. That's um, lower than I thought. One forty-four. That that's in the, the the reasonable range. I feel like. Um, Did you run into a lot of money recently? Like that's <laughs> a reasonable range. Come on, one six. You know, okay. Honestly speaking, though, one sixty-one isn't bad. And I looked into the AMG GT four door, which is actually quite a bit more than this. The AMG GT four door, it's comparable in terms of kind of like their specs, but it's mm. actually quite a bit more. Um, and the the Panamera Turbo is going to be way up there. Oh no, the Panamera that's way way more because Porsche is in their own league. It's a way nicer car. <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah know. let's. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If we were to get a Panamera Sport Sport Turismo, it'll be the Sport Turismo, probably E Hybrid 4S, all those numbers. Like it wouldn't be the regular Panamera. Yes. And it's over 200 easily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
How? Okay, so I haven't been a big fan of this Generation Eight series. I think it, I think it looks cool, but you can pause it at that angle. I think the coupe, it does make a case for the regular coupe because the coupe's got the really muscular uh, rear fender arch and the way it, it it resolves with the the roof line. I do see that as a really nice touch from a styling perspective. Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, BMW's Grand Coupes, the last generation six series oh, and uh, the four series was, was pretty solid too. I mean, you're getting all the practicality and more styling than a regular three series. Um, but yeah, no, from this angle, I, it looks a little bit, it might be those winter wheels, honestly, <laughs> it's it's kind of bland but you know what's also bland is also the uh the amg gt four door is kind of bland from that angle too yeah i think it's just because of the roof line um they want to make it like a coupe so it's going to look a little kind of bulbous on the back end yeah so it just doesn't look right it just doesn't I'm, look as muscular as a at normal this angle it looks pretty good i think um uh, because it just it looks correct here but you're right on the front end the front three quarter when you're looking at the back <clears throat> It's not great there. I guess the nice thing with the Grand Coupe, however, is you do get kind of reasonably sized front doors. Yeah. (laughs) Because the regular regular one is like, I think the door is like four feet long. It's (laughs) it's almost the length of the wheelbase. Um, It it basically is because when you sit in a, because when I was in a convertible, where I sat was almost over the rear wheels. Yeah. So yeah, the door is basically, like you said, four foot long. Yeah, and I mean the way they've obviously raised the roof with the with the Grand Coupe to give yeah. it a usable back seat, it's, but that alone does hurt the styling quite a bit. So like, from this angle, well, I'll uh, I'll give you a little bit of a of a preview here, um, because as you know, I've been putting some child seats into vehicles, mm. and um, I have a video. That I haven't posted yet. This one's going up live. Oh, this angle bit. looks good. Yeah. Well, the front three quarter, it's all right. It's the this, same as the. <laughs> this, this, I mean, this. But like, if you look at the back, it's different. Anyways. Yeah. If I go on the inside here, wait. Where's this car seat? There it is. Um, I couldn't put the car seat in normally. Hmm. Because of just how much headroom there was on that roof line. I had to kind of wedge it in. So I had to put this little bar that's on the top of the car seat in to wedge the car seat in before I'm able to put it back up. Like it's, yes, you can fit people in the back, Mm -hmm. but if you're using it as a family vehicle, a five series is going to be better. Yeah. And I've, I've been kind of confused with the naming of that too. Is why is it? It's basically a five coupe. It's a six. No. eight, Eight is a six. Six is no more. But six is the eight five. Is a six. <laughs> Imagine you telling yourself, okay, now the, the, there's no more six, but the eight is a six. <laughs> BMW did this back in like way, way, way back. I can't remember yeah. when, but like the the six series, there was in the 70s and 80s, I think, there was a, the six series. Then they killed it off. And then I think in the early 90s, can't remember the dates exactly, but I think in the early 90s, the eight series came out which replaced the six and then they killed off the eight 
and then the six came back. Yeah. And then they like, the six which again. number do Chinese people like more? Because <laughs> they like both of them. <laughs> Can this go to air? I'm going to edit that out. No, we'll leave that here. I, I think it's okay because we're saying it, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, the Cantonese like, speakers don't care for six. But, <laughs> but I just think like the the car itself it, it looks great but you lose so much on that practicality is it worth it compared to five and it's all it's quite a bit more money than the five looking at this and looking at the m5 cs we saw last week i take the m5 cs i think m5 cs is more than this i think though well and even the comp let's say just the m5 comp yeah. i think just the proportions are better i like the more squared off look of the m5 um at least in this four-door form i it, it doesn't do it for me quite as much as other grand coupes in the past the previous six like the the six the f10 generation six is that one i'm thinking of grand coupe that one was really sexy but it had an even less usable back seat. Yeah, yeah, those ones. I yeah. really like, so they didn't bother. They're like, we'll stick with a compromise or really, really compromised roof line. Uh, the back seat is really bad on that. Generation. Yeah, so my one of my good friends have one of these. Um, yeah. And it's he. It's his parents. They're, of course, a little older. I think they're in their 50s. Um, they went from a seven series to this because the BMW sales were like, oh, this is like the, the cool new seven series. And of course, they didn't really know that. I mean, they, you know, they leased it for three years. They don't really care, but they hate this car. They absolutely <laughs> hate it. They're like getting in and out is difficult because it's like lower. It's yeah. The roof is uh, the roof line is lower. The seat is lower. And because of how much they hate it, they actually just park it inside their garage and they lease another GLC just to drive. <laughs> like they have another car that they just drive because they it's hate a this nice one. Car. A, I really like this this car. And it's a 650. It's a good six is not the six quite a desirable car yeah <laughs> it's great like i told them like if you don't want it I'll, i can take it and they're like oh if you want to take it you can take care of the lease payments too then i was like eh, you know what <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to do that yeah i mean the, the upkeep on a bmw turbo v8 is just uh within the lease you're okay but you don't yeah. really want to keep that outside of the lease no you you don't it's but it's it you're no <sighs> It looks so when good. this came out, this came out early 20, 2012, 2013. And I think back then, this still is is a really attractive car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this shape. And if you really want one, a used one, they're really cheap if you want to deal with it. Yeah, the M6s were cheaper than like an the M4. Well, yeah. well uh, five five is one thing. They're kind of on the same level. But if you're looking at like a 2015, I think an M3 is more expensive than the M6, even though when they were new, the M6 was probably 40, 50 grand more. Um, yeah, let's see what an M6 goes for these days. I mean, might as well. 62K for M6 cab. Well, we got to go like 2012 and up. So 2016 M6 Grand Coupe is 75k. 
Yeah, there's one down there for 47. It's probably a rebuild, but who knows? It may not be. Actually. Nope, not a rebuild. Title. See, you can't get a uh, you can't even get an E90 generation. Well, you can get you, you can't get, get a, you can't get a 2013 E90 M for the, uh, not with that kind of mileage. Yeah, uh, and this is a wow. You put NTO1s on the rear. This car's definitely been abused. NTO ones in the rear, NTO fives on the front. Yeah, yeah. professionally tuned. That's a drag car. Seven hundred and fifty yeah. horsepower, seven hundred and forty pound feet of torque. This car is leaking from every orifice. Like you can. <laughs> hey, but for forty six or forty seven k, you can get them down. Um, it's worth a gamble. <laughs> it is. If you could slap one of those uh, extended warranties on them. Honestly, you know, for 40 for the price of uh what we were saying earlier, an A220 or worse yet, an M235 <laughs> yeah. Grand Coupe. Yeah. Get that instead <laughs> with a warranty. Yeah. Actually, this yeah. isn't bad. I mean, 50k for 2015, all black, 72,000 on it. Like they're not that expensive. And they're they're, they're really pretty, not. they're fast. Yeah. But yeah, you just need a warranty and then yeah, well, so they're all modded too. Yeah, they, <laughs> and, and there's some guy that has a 335 stage three and says he's an M3. Anyways, we'll ignore that guy. Yeah, and I mean, I think getting these uh, turbo V8s over 600 horsepower is is not too hard. Oh, it's easy. Yeah, just a just a chip in a tune. Yeah, they all they all got uh, race cats on them and what have you. Um, <laughs> Kind of scratches the same itch as the new ones, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that brings us to our final discussion. Um, and the final discussion is affordable sports cars. I mean, attainable and affordable sports car. I'm not talking about that's going to be used because that's a whole different topic. I want to talk yeah. about brand new attainable sports cars. Because, I mean, for a lot of people... I mean, you get your first job, you're, you're younger, like my brother-in-law, he bought a Civic Si, used one, but he's looking at the brand new BRZ and he's like, oh, I really like that. And I'm like, do you really want that? Because there's so much better choices. Yeah, how much is a, B- a BRZ is mid-30s. So uh, I did a little bit of digging in the back end. Uh, let me do this here uh wait a second i need my screen all right i did a little bit of digging already because i was curious a brz um the one that you want is probably the ts but you're probably okay with the sport tech rs you don't need it's a small price jump it's a small price jump but you know 32 to 34 34k not bad you got the sash dampers you get the sti coil springs you get the sti brakes it looks good too like this is a good looking car for 34 it's not bad then i was like what else can you get brand new for 34 then i started looking um i was actually surprised the mx5 that i want the gsp in canada is called gsp but it's basically with the sport pack so you get the bilstein shocks 
Um, and then Sport Pack adds the uh, Brumble from brakes and LSD and all that other stuff. And that's 40K. <laughs> Actually, no, it's more than that. It's 43K. <laughs> so now that was the spec that I wanted originally. After driving this car, um, you don't need the Recaros. You don't need the brakes of so the car weighs nothing. No. And the, the Bilstein's... Actually, the one I have has the build scenes on it, the GS. Yeah. So the without the sport pack, it, the sport pack adds the the brakes, red caliper on the back, the BBS wheels, and the yeah. Recaros. The Recaros and the regular seats, there are minimal differences. Yeah. So you can say 4,400. So then it'll come to your 36 or 38,000. It's still 38,000 bucks, man. That's a lot of money for you MX-5. Know. There's not that many cars that are this special. Uh, I, I, this was always kind of the gripe with this car. When the ND first came out, uh, me and a bunch of other guys, we took Mazda Canada's. They had a that, that steel blue one at the time, and we took it down to Pacific Raceways and we drove that around Pacific Raceways along with an FRS. And uh, in stock form. The, the biggest issue with this ND still, even with the ND2 as they've updated, is still the suspension is way too soft uh, for real track use. It's But it's not designed for track use. No, it's for back it's roads. Back roads and having fun on yeah. just any curvy road. And it's great for that because it soaks up those bumps. But on a track, you're absolutely right. It's so soft. Yeah, it makes the right sound. It's the right size. Um, but and speaking of uh, of this CLA that is uh, not not being delivered for a recall, good point about the, the soft suspension. So my mom is currently driving this uh, 2017 ND right now because her her CLA is not being delivered because of recall reasons. And obviously the the ride is totally no problem for someone in her late 50s and. Uh, it's it's a nice little car for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the ND is one of those true cars that you can drive every day. Yeah, like it's so efficient. I it's so special too. When I drove it, I was averaging six point five, li- and I wasn't driving it easily. Yeah, no, it will do sub eight like really easy, like yeah, or city driving. Uh, and it's got a usable trunk. It's it's deep enough, I would say. Um, you're not you know you're not going furniture shopping with it. But uh, I went to IKEA with an MX5. I put the top down, and I had I think I bought bought a um, uh, a clothing rack, so I had it sticking out from the passenger side through the top. It works. <laughs> It that's works. not that's not how they intend to use that car. <laughs> but so if we're talking about affordable sports cars uh under 40 what what are we talking about yeah so i think 40 like 40 50. 50k um like the camaro oh, i have a, a spec i i spec out the one i would want i know it's not the one that you would want because you had a camera before and it was different than this this is the v6 so the one lt with the one le package so it's the one that i would want because yes the v6 i think it's enough power to where it's fun but not so much power where like if the track's a little wet or you know you're driving on the back roads and it's a little wet you're going to get into trouble easily i think this is like that good middle ground what about the four cylinder no i don't want the four cylinder 
No. I mean, I'll take the four cylinder in the Mustang, which I also have here. And this is the 2.3 with, with the, the high performance package oh, the high and the handling package. Well, that's under 40. Right under 40, the 39K. Um, and then, of course, you can get a 370Z if you, you really want, want to. <laughs> no, don't, don't get that. <laughs> that's 30K. But no, that, that's got an open diff on it too. And but like, the base, yeah, well, you can just get an aftermarket LSD. But the base 370 is the one, if you are looking at a 370, that's the one you should be getting. Because if you go with anything above that, like I test drove. The, <laughs> I, <go> that high. <laughs> I, I got a chance to drive the Nismo. I mean, it, more than my Camaro was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Nismo is 50, almost $50,000. It's 49K. It's 10K off or $1,000 off from 50. It's, it's beautiful though. Okay. Let me, let me just say, I love how Nismo have their design or the front bumper, the rear, the skirt. It looks great, but looks do not ex like push that car 18 or $19,000 up. It has the same engine, same horsepower, same torque figures, same transmission. Fundamentally. And it's like they don't realize what's out there. It's like that Mustang or that Camaro or even that ND. <laughs> it's like. For, for pure fun, yeah. the ND is great. I think the ND is the one I would pick if I, it's going to be the fun car that I want to drive every day. Yes. Um, the reason we bring this up is really the 400Z 400 is on its way. And if it slots in to the similar price point, let's say it, I don't think they will do this, this really stripped down model. I don't that think model is, is actually really garbage. Like if um, you get into that. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever seen the 370Z, the base model, because it doesn't have a screen on the center instrument cluster. Yeah. The rear view camera because that's or the rear view display because that's you know to be legal to sell a vehicle you mm. have to have that it's in the rear view camera in the mirror in the mirror remember back yeah. in 2010 when toyota highlander has that or like my prius had it my yeah, 20 like has it. this is 2020 and they're putting that out like how is that it boggles yeah. my mind it makes no sense uh and the the thing is they had a head unit that has a little digital screen, like a, just a normal doubled-in size on like the Versa or the Rogue or whatever. They have a normal head unit that they could have done the backup camera on. You know, that car does not even have Bluetooth streaming, from what I remember correctly. Oh, really? It has Bluetooth phone calls, but no streaming in 2020 or 2019. Like, <laughs> I remember the one I had was did have it. Because it was a Nismo, so it did have the head unit yes, with the display, yeah. so it was a little different. But there wasn't CarPlay or anything like that. Yeah. So 400Z is that a very similar chassis to the Q60? 400Z is the exact same underpinning as the 370Z. Oh, it's sheet metal work on top and then some interior rework. Right, it's, but it gets been, that Red Sport motor something along yes those lines. they are in order for it to have the 400 they're going to put 400 horsepower in it so it's going to have the q50 engine in it which mm -hmm. is the three liter i believe twin turbo v6 
with 400 horse and like 390 torque or something like that. Yeah. It's and a good even, engine. Even then, is that really competitive with what we just saw from so, Ford and Chevy? It's like... <laughs> I I drove the Q50 recently and it was only the base Q50 or base Q50 engine with 300 horsepower. The engine is very good. It's right. It makes good power, torque is good, and it makes a good sound. It And it makes torque low down which kind of makes you feel like there's more power than the 300 number like actually tells you it felt good i actually liked the q50 with 400 horsepower i think it's good enough Mm -hmm. is it competitive yeah absolutely is it competitive to uh camaro 1le i don't think so it's comparable to like maybe the um non like just a regular like the just a one lt or uh the two lts rather than an actual le package because it's not like a nismo version you know what i mean mm. so i think yeah it's going to be comparable it's going to be good i just don't think until yeah. they get a nismo version it's not going to be that i good. mean the supra doesn't have that kind of power but everyone loves the supra yeah but you know you open a window amazing. in a supra and then you just get blown it's out a super? <laughs> but it, it, it it is an amazing handling car and uh it looks it looks better than this 400 c <laughs> i think i okay so this may be just me but i love this rear three-quarter view on the 400 i, I do i don't I like the front <laughs> so well, the, the front they can only do what they can because it's the 350 or three well actually it dates back to the 350 underneath really but the the back end is where i love it the most i think that's the best part about the 400 yeah and i mean even four or five years ago we were already saying the z34 generation is outdated and they haven't like we said with the raptor earlier they haven't pushed the boundaries that much um but we don't know yet these are like a sports car is not the brand's halo car, right? It's not the car yeah. that is not their bread and butter. It's not the car that sells the most. It's going to be their SUV. Nissan spent a lot of money developing that new Rogue, which I absolutely think it's a winner. Yeah, it's their Sentra is a the, winner. Yeah. The Altima is a winner. Yeah, Altima, yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I don't know about the <laughs> Altima. Sentra is really good. The Rogue is really good. The Pathfinder that's releasing tomorrow, I'm excited to see what Yeah, we'll see. It, I think it will be better than the the Highlander. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll cover it next week, but... Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll take a look at it. Cause the new Armada is kind of cool. Okay, is it probably you can't Armada really or? call it a new Armada because it's not a new Armada. The, the, the Patrol? <laughs> I mean, no, the Armada was just a, just a facelift. There's nothing that's new about it. Oh, the, the Titan... Uh, this is just a facelift. Uh, the Titan the Titan is uh, kind of promising, too. Oh, yeah, the Titan. And then uh, there may... There's going to be a Frontier. Yes, there's a Frontier, but there also may be a third pickup from Nissan. Ooh, where does that slot in? Um, below the uh, the frontier, the frontier is going up in size a little bit, and then I think it's called the Navara. Uh, oh, okay. Then they always had the that name, uh, 
I think that's what the frontier used to be called. Yeah. So in other parts of the world, it's a little bit smaller of a of a pickup. Yeah. This this screams like <laughs> terrorist organization <laughs> or like <laughs> drug cartels uh, chasing you down. It's like <laughs> I've I've been playing a lot of. Um, Tom Clancy Wildlands, and this oh. basically looks like the same pickup truck that's in there. Yeah, there's something about the, <laughs> the, the smaller Japanese trucks that uh, just gives off that vibe of, you know, this is the car that's shooting at you from. <laughs> so I think what you're looking for is Hilux with a gun on top so th this is kind of what yeah, you have yeah, in yeah. mind yeah there you go or, or search uh, isis <laughs> oh yeah no i'm not gonna search that <laughs> i'm good <laughs> actually if i do 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 that if i search up toyota is is um it comes you up with that uh, little crossover MPV. <laughs> <laughs> my parents rented that in japan <laughs> i'm oh. like why would they name it some someone just didn't get the joke or something. It's it's a horrible name for it. Okay. Yeah. No. So so back to the sports car thing. Under fifty yes. grand, BRZ or. So I think your pick would probably be one of these. If Camaro. it was my money, three hundred three seventy Z, Camaro one LT one LE, BRZ MX five or the Mustang, mm. I would probably pick the Camaro. I'll probably go Mustang. <laughs> oh, well, that's perfect. Let's let's buy one so we can do a video on comparing right. them. Um, or you know, alternatively, if it's gonna be like something, it depends. Like if I want to take it more to the track, if I see myself doing that more, mm -hmm. I would probably pick the one LT one LE or even the one SS one LE, which is exactly what you had before. Yeah, but if I'm just want to enjoy my life without going to the track mx5 this will go to the track i mean all it, these... it will but i don't need to to enjoy the car so what i'm thinking with this car is don't get the the performance pack because the stock brakes are just fine and the stock seats are no. just fine save the money and no no no, no. Nice the, the, the brakes and the the seats come with the sport pack the gsp comes with right. other stuff that i can't I'll remember just get the time. normal gs no the base gs is so base though What's that's 35k difference? i can't remember what the difference was i, I have the base gs so. <laughs> I, it's, I, it's okay it's uh it's it's fine i just had one the other um like a couple weeks ago it was yeah. a the gs wait let's take a look mx5 soft top specs Load GS and GSP. Okay, it's quite the load. price jump for rent. There we go. Specs, same engine. Yeah, yeah, we know that already. Engineering features, um, optional paddle shifters. Oh, right, you can get an automatic. Uh, Brembo's. What else? Oh, oh front strut tower, LSD. That's what it gets. Your GSP. Oh, and Bill LSD anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay, you also so, get the sound enhancer, which is okay. So before they didn't have the GSP, so the GS already had the limited slip and the Bilstein shocks, which again is not the end of the world. The car does not have the power to need an LSD. 
I I mean I when I drove the base GS version, um, I can not confirm that I may have done some donuts in it. And it's fine. Yeah, and it was completely fine. It was it was still a whole lot of fun. Because I've oh. driven open diff and mm. and Torsen Miatas. Um, yeah, but your Torsen Miata is like old. And well, I mean, no, even the 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 the, the ND. Oh, the N. Okay, I thought you were talking about the, the your NB that you have in your garage that you don't remember. Yeah, yeah, that car too. But I think <laughs> I think the open diff is just fine. Like, um, there there's a few corners on track where the open diff kind of lets you down, but uh, otherwise, I think the way the car, the characteristic of that car, you don't really need the limited slip. So if I think at this power level, it's not a huge. Yeah. What slip is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really, I think the, the GSP, you get LSD heated mirrors, which is actually kind of useful. How is that not a standard feature? Holy crap. You also have heated seats. They did bring the price down though. I think think. that's what they did. I think that was the point. I think I thought there was a GX before, uh, even more basic. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. Is there I, no GX anymore? No GX. So uh, it's just GS, oh. GSP, and GT. Like, I I would put the extra money into the GSP if it was me. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the... the I didn't realize it was that basic. <laughs> the heated mirrors on the side is such a useful feature. Uh, my CX-3 that I had before did not have heated mirrors. Oh... And in the rain, I could not see anything or anyone. So you just sort of guess, which was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if I had to buy brand new, yeah, I think the Mustang, it makes sense. Uh, it just, it's just a more livable car than the Camaro. That's the only... It, you get more visibility out of it. Yeah, you definitely do. It's, yeah, and it's just interior is a little bit nicer. Yeah, but the exterior, the Camaro, you got to admit that it's a much more aggressive machine. It's got a good shape, but ever since the facelift, I'm I'm not that in love with it. Really? I don't mind this. This one is okay. But yeah, and I don't I think the black hood is a is not not my cup of tea. You need the black hood. It reduces glare. I know. That's why mine was black because I didn't want people to know I had a black hood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know why that's their thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I I want to test drive one of these, but um Chevy just hasn't had one a a a Camaro that I want on fleet. They had the two liter one LE, which mm-hmm. I did enjoy, but it was underpowered for the alpha platform because you know when you have 600 and whatever horsepower on the new uh ct5v blackwing and the two liter only has like i think it was like under 300 it was just it was underwhelming yeah Uh, well and as i mentioned earlier i mean with their suspension tuning even the v8 feels underpowered on a nice track track maybe yes but on the street (laughs) in the rain no but uh, on the track yes i remember the time that it was raining and we were (laughs) in your camaro um i think you spun in third gear 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe fourth <laughs> even. Because uh, it's all low end. That's the problem with that car is under 1500 RPM, you have way too much torque on tap. Um, but on a track, no, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Well, I think that's really it for today. I think that's all really uh, kind of want to go over. Was there anything else that we missed? I don't think so. Nope. Yeah, no, that should be good. Um, we did the Blackwing, Raptor. Just those are big. Those are big stories. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time to wrap it up. It's been about an hour and a half. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and stay subscribed because we're going to do this every week. We're going to go yeah, over. We'll try everything. new things, and we appreciate the feedback, and uh, we'll. We'll uh, try to incorporate some new new things to our show. And I got some uh, actually guest people that may be appearing in the future. As oh, well. yeah. People, people are lining up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.